This is Under the Dome. On today's episode, we'll take a closer look at what happens in North Carolina when someone is wrongly convicted of a crime, spends years in prison, and is eventually exonerated. Hello, and welcome to Under the Dome, the News and Observer's podcast on all things North Carolina politics. This is Will Doran. Uh, We are going to be taking a closer look this week at the criminal justice system here, and specifically pardons that the governor can make. But we're not going to be talking about what you hear about in national politics, with presidents pardoning their political allies of crimes they committed. Pardons can be used that way in North Carolina, but it's actually not very common. Much more common, however, is a pardon for someone who was wrongfully convicted. And it's sad that we have had so many wrongful convictions that there's now this whole new area of the governor's responsibilities, but that's where we are. So let's dive in. Unlike in other states, even if someone is exonerated here, they aren't automatically given restitution for all of the years of their life that the state stole by wrongfully imprisoning them. It actually did used to work that way in North Carolina too, but the legislature changed the law around a decade ago. So now, even if someone is exonerated by the courts, they have to go the extra step of getting a pardon from the governor to get restitution. And that's not a given. There are some exonerated men who have gotten pardons, but others who haven't. And when you've spent years or even decades behind bars for a crime someone else committed, like a man we're going to hear from in just a few minutes, it can be infuriating when the state then refuses to pay you the restitution that you feel you have more than earned. So today we're going to be talking about Dante Sharp. He spent 26 years behind bars for a 1995 murder in Greenville, which he has since been exonerated of. He's black, the victim was white. There were allegations that the local cops hid evidence that might have proven his innocence, and ultimately he was set free after it turned out the police and prosecutors hadn't even told the medical examiner about their key witnesses' version of events. Now, why is that, you might ask? Well, The medical examiner, after being told about the witness's version, would later say that the witness's story was, quote, medically and scientifically impossible. Since the bulk of that case rested on that witness, Sharp was exonerated and released. He wasn't declared innocent, we should note. Some of the people in these cases are, but that does come with a very high bar of proof, uh, which was not here in this case. However, Uh, The judge did decide that his rights were violated at his trial, which leaves the question of whether he's guilty or innocent. You know, (laughs) that's what a trial is for, and he did not have that at the trial. So in the end, the state decided not to try the case again due to a lack of evidence, and so he was set free. That happened two years ago. Now here he is talking about what that was like when he got the news. It was a lot of different emotions I went through. Mm -hmm. It really was. You go through a lot of different emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, especially getting out wrongfully convicted, uh-huh. because you've already been emotion on a, on a emotional roller coaster the whole time you were locked up. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's up and down, hopeful, yeah. losing hope. You know, and that day when it finally happened, it was just it was like a dream. You know, it didn't seem real, and I still feel like a little like I'm in a dream just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I still feel like that. Sometimes when I look around and things like this. Yet despite his exoneration, he has not received a pardon from Governor Roy Cooper, which would allow him to get restitution for all those years he spent locked up. 
during part of the time Sharp was appealing his convictions, as is the case with many wrongfully convicted people here, it was actually lawyers working for Cooper, who was the state's attorney general from 2001 to 2016, who fought in court to keep him behind bars. Now, that doesn't mean Cooper necessarily had an opinion on his case, it's just how the system works. When a criminal defendant appeals and the local prosecutor wants to fight it, the attorney general's office takes over the case. But Cooper now has the power to at least partially right those wrongs in this case and let Sharp collect the $750,000 in restitution that a pardon would bring him. But that pardon hasn't come, as we've said, so Sharp's case is beginning to draw the attention of Black Lives Matter activists and others who are pressuring Cooper to act. I'm joined now by Nina Pasquini, who covered a rally earlier this month led by Dante Sharp and former North Carolina NAACP President William Barber. Nina, thanks for joining us, and please tell us what you saw there. Thanks, Will. About 20 activists and organizers joined Sharp and Barber in front of the Capitol on a hot Friday morning. Members of organizations like the NAACP and the Policy Center Forward Justice spoke passionately about the years that Sharp spent in prison and decried what they called the discrimination baked into the criminal justice system that allowed his incarceration to happen. Supporters held signs that said things like pardon Dante Sharp and free Dante Sharp, suggesting that a pardon is necessary for him to truly be free and for this whole ordeal to be over. As temperatures rose above 90 degrees, organizers stood in the sun for over an hour calling on Governor Cooper to issue a pardon to Sharp. Teresa Newman, a lawyer who worked pro bono on Sharp's case, said she was going to complain about the heat until she remembered the 26 summers Sharp spent in prison. Reverend Barber referenced the weather too, saying, quote, I'm hot today, but it's not because of the heat. It's a righteous anger. I'm sick of this. Yeah, so Dante Sharp, he was 19 when he was convicted. He's now well into his 40s. He spent the prime of his life caged. When you spoke to him, Nina, how does he feel? I mean, is he resentful? Is he trying to stay positive and focus on the future? Is he struggling to readjust to society, to make ends meet? I imagine it's incredibly complicated and really just difficult for anybody in his situation. Yeah, I'd actually say that of all the speakers, Sharp was one of the least fired up or angry. He started his speech by thanking Governor Cooper for the pardons he's issued so far. And Sharp said about his own pardon, quote, I'm not begging for it. I'm not pleading for it. I'm just going to keep what, doing what I'm doing because there are more guys that I left in there behind me who are innocent. When I spoke with Sharp after the rally, he told me that the overwhelming emotion he felt after his release from prison was disbelief. He said that he has struggled financially after his release and that he's grateful for, for, to Forward Justice for helping him get on his feet. Forward Justice is a group based in Durham dedicated to advancing racial justice in the South, and Sharp works for them as a fellow, getting paid for speaking events and other things like that. But he said that compensation from the state would still help him to support himself and his family after the decades he spent in prison. Let's listen to a couple minutes of my conversation with him and get this in his own words. Oh yeah, the monetary part, you know, it was, it, that was the most difficult part because uh, my mom spent all her savings and everything, you know, for the whole time I was locked up, sending me money, trying to hire a private investigator, all that type of stuff. And she's in a bad place right now, and I won't, I'll be able to help her with her medical condition or back condition, pay for medical stuff and things like that. Um, my daughter, try to help her out with my two grandkids, you know, and just get me a foundation, because I'm still kind of 
I don't have a foundation yet. And at my age, I need retirement. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to start with some kind of small business so I can have some kind of money to put in the savings, you know, things like that. But I've been blessed by Ford Justice. In Durham, North Carolina, the law firm, they created the Rise Fellowship for me. They helped me get my job skills right, helped me try to uh, fill out resumes and applications on the phone. Because I definitely didn't know how to do that. Got real frustrated with that. So Ford Justice helped me and they gave me a lot of speaking gigs. Some of them paid speaking gigs. But overall, the, the the partner would, you know, release me from a lot of worry and stress on my mind about uh, money and uh, being able to help my mom. That's one of my main issues is helping my mom out. Mm -hmm. That's one of my main issues because she sacrificed all money, time, health, and everything to mm -hmm. stand by me and help me mm -hmm. all those years. Now, Governor Cooper has pardoned several other people like Dante Sharp. Do here his supporters have any theories about why he specifically isn't getting this pardon? Uh, what did they have to say about Cooper's inaction here? Reverend Barber and other speakers questioned Governor Cooper's professed commitment to racial justice and Black, Life, Black Lives Matter in light of his slowness to act on pardoning exonerated individuals like Sharp. Barber said, quote, police killing is not the only way the system is killing black folks and poor folks. Many of the speakers at the rally insisted that criminal justice reform is an essential part of meaningful racial justice activism and criticized Cooper's slowness to act on pardons. Many exonerated individuals like Daryl Howard, another black man who was imprisoned for 25 years and later exonerated, wait many years before they receive official pardons. During those years, they receive no compensation or support from the state as they try to reestablish their lives outside of prison. Yeah, that's a good point about Daryl Howard. Um, I, I wrote the story about it when he did get his pardon recently. Um, and so I'm not sure about Dante Sharp's case specifically, but, um, you know, having watched some of these things, it does seem that in general politics do play at least a little bit into these pardons. Um, you know, we saw... Uh, Governor Cooper did not issue any pardons during his first term in office. Um, but then as soon as he won re-election, uh, half a dozen people immediately got pardoned, uh, mostly from exonerations that were several years old. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if he was worried about Republicans running a Willie Horton-style ad against him, if he had made any pardons before his re-election campaign in 2020, or if maybe he was just concerned that voters might not understand what a pardon means and mistakenly think that he was you know, personally deciding to let convicted murderers go free or what. Uh, but we did see a month after he won re-election in December 2020, he issued the first five pardons of his governorship. Um, he then pardoned another man in May and another in June. So we have seen, uh, seen a somewhat steady stream of pardons coming out in the last few months. Um, maybe Dante Sharps will come at some point, uh, you know, the like you mentioned, and like Dante himself mentioned, you know, there's there's other people in the pipeline. He's not the only one. Um, and there are a team of people who review these cases for the governor and recommend who to pardon or not. Although, obviously, at the end, the buck stops at the top uh, with Cooper. Nina, have you gotten any indication from the governor's office um, or from Sharp's people about what the holdup might be? Yeah, so in 2019, Sharp's conviction was technically vacated which means that the judge annulled the previous guilty judgment. The judge said that the newly uncovered testimony, quote, destroyed the state's entire theory of the case. A spokesperson for the governor has said that the Office of Clemency has received Sharp's petition and that the petition is under review. 
At the rally, Barber said, quote, we keep being told we have to keep reviewing. How much longer do you have to review what a judge has already said is true? Some folks online have expressed worry about providing compensation to exonerated people if they're not actually declared innocent. If, for example, their case was thrown out on technical grounds. So it sounds like Governor Cooper's office is conducting another review of the facts to affirm Sharp's innocence further than the vacated conviction. Yeah, it's it's all very complicated. Uh, like you said, you know, you, you can you can be exonerated and set free without necessarily being declared innocent. Um, some people are declared innocent, but uh, there is just uh, a, a very high bar on that. Um, so this is definitely something that we are going to be. Uh, continuing to keep an eye on here at the News and Observer, uh, both Dante Sharp's case individually and uh, all these other cases that are also in the pipeline here. Um, we have seen a lot of people getting exonerated here in North Carolina. And, you know, as as we've said here today, I mean, you know, just that exoneration is not the end of the process, not the end of the story. Um, there's a, you know, a whole lot that has to happen for, for people to feel like they've been, you know, truly taken care of after that goes on. So as always, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, please send us your tips, your story ideas, uh, your comments, your feedback, whatever to dome at newsobserver.com. That is D-O-M-E at newsobserver.com. And until next time, this is Will Doran. And thanks again to Nina Pasquini for joining me on this episode to talk about her interview with Dante Sharp, uh, whose case, as I said, we will keep following. So check back in on that. Thank you. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for our weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com newsletters. Thanks for listening.